for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet. We are back at it again with another amazing podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Robbie Hart. How's it going today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. It's We're going through, like, crazy heat right now, and the Texas power grid is doing crazy things, but we're surviving. That's all I can ask for at this point. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm sending you cool vibes. <laughs> Being up on the East Coast, I'm sure during the summer it gets, I know it gets hot up on the East Coast, but right now it's just, yeah. It's not quite as hot. It is humid, but it's not quite that hot yet. So, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so excited to have you on. Uh, we've been talking for a little bit on Instagram. You know, we've had you on the, or we've played some of your music on the Hoedown Showdown through the last few weeks. And, uh, just kind of getting that opportunity to do that. And now we have the podcast set up with you. It's uh, really excited to sit down and chat with you. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And I really appreciate your support. Thank you for spinning my tunes. Thank you for sharing my story and for having me on tonight. Yeah, for sure. So you're originally from Montreal, but now you reside in New York, correct? Yes, that's true. There's a song there. <laughs> Oh, uh, so what was it like growing up in uh, Montreal? You know, it was really cool because I really got to experience so much living there. I didn't realize how much I got to experience living there until I moved away. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a really big fan of food. So the cuisine there is amazing. And uh, I really do miss that. I do miss my family who is still in Canada, but um, Canada just has its very uniqueness you know it's very own mm. uniqueness and um i just feel like there's such a european um influence in montreal where i'm from and uh it, it's really special it's beautiful it's special it's different and uh i enjoyed growing up there i had nothing against uh, quebec or canada but i moved here for love so um, for sure. my heart brought me to new york awesome and so growing up in montreal what was the, what's the music scene kind of like there from throughout the years, from your experiences? You know, when I was growing up and I was in high school and even in some college years, I was into more rock and like punk and new wave and a really different kind of music. I mean, I listened to country also, but I was very big in the, the local scene, if you will. And there's a lot of really great music coming out of Montreal. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of indie there was a mm. lot of really cool indie music and that was really cool. And there's also some really cool French indie music, which is also really cool. If you're not used to hearing that, I, I you know, it was, it was an exciting experience to be able to experience that. Um, but as I grew older, you know, I got to recognize what a great music scene there was. Uh, of course, coming out to, to the U.S., I obviously experience it at a much bigger scale because it's so much larger here and there's so much musical diversity here um which is incredible there's my dog and he agrees <laughs> he's saying the music here is awesome that's what he's saying but uh, 
it's ex- it was exciting to experience that growing up. Yeah. Hey, since uh, growing up in Montreal or having lived in Montreal most of or your entire life until you moved uh, to New York, uh, was there much of a cultural difference? Because I know, it, what is it, like three, maybe four hours apart from each other? So actually, it's funny because people always say to me, you know, I immigrated to the U.S., right? <laughs> I, I moved here to get married for love. And uh, when I tell people that I'm an immigrant, they would say, but you look you look American. And I get that a lot, right? Because our cultures are very similar and there's so many similarities uh, being part of North America, but there are so many differences. And um, you you recognize it when, you away, when you're away from home, mm-hmm. you know, you start to notice it. Um, something as simple as food brands, companies yeah. that the food you're familiar with, you know, you yeah. go to store and buy a can of tomatoes and you're like, I don't see any brands I recognize. Or, or like anything, it could be anything. And it's just being homesick from missing things that you're used to seeing. And even though it's so similar and the products are very, very close, they're not quite what you're used to. So yeah. there's a little bit of a cultural difference. Um, I do say that in Montreal, the food was incredible. There's so much cultural diversity and there's so much um, like I could go where I used to live and there would be an Indian restaurant, a Thai restaurant, an Italian restaurant, like all next to, to each other. Like you could literally go from restaurant to restaurant and experience the best of what the world has to offer. It was just amazing to be able to have that opportunity. And I really enjoyed that. Um, we have that here on a much smaller scale and there's um, a lot of really great restaurants here, but uh, I do miss the food back home. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's just common with, anybody that moves away from home, whether you leave the country or not, you know, you've always, you've got your local cuisine that you're used to and that you enjoy. You know, I was thinking too, because you were asking me about the culture being different. You know, even if you go from Quebec to Toronto, to Mm -hmm. Ontario, even though it's the same country, it's different. It's the same Mm -hmm. thing as me being in New York and you being in Texas. We have Mm -hmm. different things that we're used to, even though we're part of the same country. So I think it just depends on what you're used to and getting used to something new is always, there's always a learning curve and you usually have to go through like 12 products before you find the one that you like, Mm -hmm. but you know, you can make anything work. So it, it comes to be adaptable and you learn what you like and you find new things that are similar to what you had back home. And um, I found products that are almost the same as back home, not quite, but almost. And that was a big thing. So Nice. Yeah, the uh, I had somebody on. Uh, they were from Toronto. I, they they were living in Toronto. I think that's where they were from too. And um, they got me. We somehow or I had asked them. I was watching a video where they were doing like comparisons about uh, Canadian food versus uh, like Canadian specialties versus American specialties, and poutine came up in this video. <laughs> And I, I like I literally just watched the video before we jumped on the podcast, and I asked her, and I was like, "Hey, what is what is this?" And she's like, "Oh my god, it's amazing!" And she broke it down, and I was like, "Okay, whenever I go to Canada, I'm gonna have yeah. to try that because it only sounds like something that I can get good in Canada." So, you know, it's funny you say that because it was very big in Quebec. And it still is, but I'm saying when I was growing up, that was really, really popular. And then as he moved to the U.S., I started to see it on menus in America. And I'm like, that's so odd to me. You know, just like seeing it Tim Hortons locally. I'm like, that's wrong. That's yeah. <laughs> Canada. But um, it is really interesting. It's a very interesting flavor. It's actually really, really cool, but it works. It really yeah. works. 
that if you like cheese and you like barbecue sauce and fries, you're in business. That's awesome stuff. That's actually I, not so much the cheese, but the barbecue sauce. That's how I eat a lot of my French fries anyways, because I don't keep ketchup. Usually in America, it's you eat your fries with ketchup. And I was just like, one day I just started eating it with barbecue sauce. And yeah. yeah. So. Huh. Well, I'm sure you'll really enjoy it. It's really great. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I need to, I've made one trip to Canada when I was a kid. And basically my dad, uh, so I'm originally from Chicago. That's where I grew up. I lived there for 22 years. And when I was in high school, my dad was working in Detroit. Um, and so he would travel from, he's a pilot. So it's not like every right. day he was driving to Detroit. It was like maybe once a week or, you know, like whatever it was. Um, and so one day he had like an extended layover in Detroit and he's like, Hey, come up hang out and we'll go do Detroit things. I was like, I don't know what there is to do in Detroit, but anyways, so he's like, and this was pre nine 11. So you didn't need like passport, like the, the border was a lot more chilled out at that point. Um, and so we went across to Canada in Windsor Yeah, and he was like, yeah, now you can tell all your friends you were in Canada. I was like, dad, this is like Detroit. Like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> It, it there wasn't anything culturally different it was just right. like a little stopover town and i'm like okay cool but looking back at it it's like yeah they we weren't really we were in canada but not really like if that makes sense familiar it felt like you knew where you were it felt like it was just like you said you stepped out to another town not far yep. from where you yep 100 percent. so um Growing up, uh, how does music kind of come into your life? How does uh, who entered who was like your influence growing up with music? Oh, goodness. Well, there's a lot there. Uh, I was singing before I was talking, like many singers. I was speaking when I, I was singing before I was speaking. Mm -hmm. I was singing at one years old in my stroller. Um, my mom used to sing show tunes and did shows, so I must have adopted my love of singing from her and inherited it from her. Um, I loved singing. I sang my way through everything throughout my whole life. It was always what I wanted to do. I loved so many voices. I loved Celine Dion. I loved um, Shania Twain. I love Martina McRae. I love um, Juice Newton was one of my very favorite voices. And my absolute all-time favorite was Roy Orbison. You know, he was my love from growing up when I was a really small child up until now. And he stayed with me all these years, you know. Nice. Oh, and so kind of you said, or you'd mentioned that you started singing really before you could talk. Uh, at what point did that, that light switch kind of happen where it's like, oh, hey, singing something I can do and I should follow? You know, I sang ever since I was a baby and I mm -hmm. don't think I stopped. I, it was just always how I expressed myself. I didn't have a lot of a big circle of friends. I mean, mm -hmm. music was my friend. Music was who I told everything to, you know, good days, bad days, exciting, sad, everything. I just took it out to music and we just sang it out together. And that was, that was my way of expressing myself my whole life. Um, when I was 15, I wanted to go to a singing school, like a music school, like fame. Mm -hmm. And I auditioned for a school and I got accepted and I was majoring in voice and that's what I wanted to do. I loved singing and I just really, music was my passion. It really was everything it was how I expressed myself. 
And it, it was just how I went through life's highs and lows. And um, as I grew up and I got, got a little older, I said, you know what? I have responsibilities now. I'm hmm. always going to pursue this dream to sing, to sing, but I wanted to wait till my life got a little more settled. And, you know, I had adult responsibilities, a job, and I just couldn't stop doing what I was doing to have a career in music. But it was always my dream to sing. I always wanted to be a professional singer. So in 2007, I moved to New York to marry my husband. Uh, we actually had met in Hawaii at Starbucks. Um, I was actually supposed to go to Paris. And at the last minute, I changed my mind and I went to Hawaii. Ended up meeting my husband at, at Starbucks in Hawaii at six o'clock in the morning. And we ended up dating and had a long distance love affair. And that was it. I moved to New York and we got married. And um, so 2007, and unfortunately, about a year later, I was pregnant with my daughter. I got badly injured and I lost my ability to sing as a result of my injury and just being in severe chronic pain. Mm -hmm. So I actually couldn't sing anymore. And it was the first time in my life that my voice had failed me because I always thought I was going to be able to sing. And there was always going to be time for that. And I was always going to have a chance to go after that dream. And, um, you know, for the first time in my life, it was taken off the table and I really couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable to me. So for years I couldn't sing and it was just devastating. It was lonely. It was devastating. And I couldn't express myself, even though this was the worst time of my life, I couldn't sing it out. And, uh, when my daughter was, uh, about two and a half, she was diagnosed with autism. And when she was a little older, she was about seven years old. We sat her down and we told her, you have autism. There's absolutely nothing wrong with autism. You could be anything. You can do anything despite whatever is different about you. It might make certain things more challenging for you, but you can be anything. You can do anything. You know, the, the world is yours. And as I was telling her this, I realized I was at home, curled up in a ball in pain and not following my dream. And I mm -hmm. said, you know what? have to really change that because I can't tell her one thing and then show her something else, you know, because all she sees is me at home in pain and not really doing anything. And I said, I can't have that. She needs to see me going out there and following my dream. And even if it's hard, even if I stumble, even if I have to get back up, even if doors get slammed in my face, I needed her to see what it was like for me to go out there and chase my dream. So I can tell her, you can do the same thing. You can go out there anything and you can do anything and so that's what I did that was the moment that really inspired me to go out there and follow my dream and I haven't looked back ever since yeah the, the real the, the real interesting thing there is that that you kind of understood that kids pay attention to more what their parents do than what their parents say absolutely and my daughter is really smart and she's smart enough to know that if I'm telling her one thing and I'm not doing it, that it's not really what I mean, right? Yeah. She's smart to know that. Yeah. I realize that if I'm telling her, honey, it's not that hard, you can do it, then why am I not doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I realized there was a lot of responsibility of doing the right thing by her and by showing her by example. And I just really wanted to be the best possible role model for her. I wanted her to be proud of me. You know, she didn't know what I used to be like before. She didn't know the kind of person I was. I was fierce. I was unstoppable. Mm -hmm. I did amazing things. And she never knew that because she only saw me after I got hurt. So she never knew the person that I was before. And I never wanted her to think that the way she saw me was the way that I was. And that was all I ever was because that wasn't me. It wasn't really a reflection of who I was. And I didn't want her to think that. I wanted sure. her to 
Yeah, I wanted her to see me the way that I see her, you know, as being so incredible and she's so brave and she goes out every single day and she faces things no matter how difficult they are. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I like it's ha having had that realization that they, they pay attention to what you're doing and being like, okay, I need to change my attitude or my kids gonna fall into the same pattern because Absolutely. they're paying attention. That's yeah. I, I mean, that's all I can say. I, I'm speechless about it. Um, that's really incredible. If I may, um, we're on this journey together, you know, mm -hmm. I cheer her and everything she does and I'm her biggest supporter and she cheers for me. And we're both out there living our best lives, doing everything that we dream of doing, you know, without hesitation. And we cheer each other on. And, you know, everybody has good days and bad days. And we're there to lift each other up and to support each other and really just to be proud of one another. And I couldn't be more proud of her. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so 2007 is when you moved to New York, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, and then 2008, you you were pregnant with your daughter. Um, at, at when did you kind of start having these realizations that you you're telling your daughter one thing, but you're not doing it, so you need to start chasing your rechasing your musical dreams? I want to say that was like um, so my math isn't that good right now. Uh, it had to be around 2016. Okay. Because Excuse me, because I lost my ability to sing. I couldn't sing anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was devastating. You know, it was just so painful. It was painful mm -hmm. for me to even accept the fact that my dream was off the table. And it was a very difficult time for me. And besides my pain, you know, I just moved to a new country. I didn't know anybody. I hadn't had a chance to make friends or to make a network of people. And it was really very isolating. And mm -hmm. music would have been the amazing bridge, right, to carry mm -hmm. me through bring me back out and to connect me with a community and all those things. But unfortunately I didn't have that at the time. And, um, but it was around 2017 and uh, 2000, the late 2016. And then I decided that I was going to do it. Like I, okay. So when I told my daughter, she had autism, mm -hmm. um, I'm all, I'm a very glass half full kind of person. Mm -hmm. I really don't focus on negative. I always look at the positive of something. So when she was diagnosed, I went and I looked up all of the people famous in history who had autism. And what I did was I didn't tell her, you know, this is something that you have. I said, you're going to be in the company of all these amazing people who have mm -hmm. overcome what they have and succeeded. You know, not that it's held you back. It's, you know, you're going to be in the company of all these incredible people. You know, mm -hmm. there's, there's scientists, there's musicians, there's composers, there's this America, there's actors and, you know, there's all kinds of people in the world that have autism and that have done incredible things. And you're going to be one of those people who do whatever you want to do, but you can do anything and you're, you're without limits. And um, so I really wanted her to understand that. And that was really important for me. Um, when I told her that and I showed her that, I feel like I empowered her and mm -hmm. by empowering her, I also felt very empowered. Because I, I said to myself, you know, for years, I said, you know, I'm broken. Mm. <laughs> you know, I, I walk with a cane, you know, I'm older, I'm starting my career later on at life, you know, and I, I have all these obstacles and I'm thinking, you know, I have all these things to overcome. And I just said, you know what, I don't care. I don't care who's going to tell me that, okay, well, you can't come because you, you have a limp or that you walk with a cane or mm. if I get 
Asian, I'm afraid to fall. I'll hold on to the curtain or I'll hold on to the mic stand or yeah. I'll hold on to the drummer. I don't care. I'm just kidding. But, you know, there's always a way around something. And, you know, they say when there's a will and there's, there's a way and you find a way, you find a way to do what you need to do because the desire is so strong, right? You just really want to get out there and do it. And that's what I wanted to do so badly. And yeah. I'm so glad that, you know, everything that I was worried about, you know, never even came out into play, except for one person who said to me, oh, I didn't know you had a cane. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's okay. But most people don't even notice. They don't say anything to me. Some people think I'm holding a guitar. They don't even realize that it's a cane. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm okay with that. You know, it's part of who I am and I'm not embarrassed by it anymore. I feel like it's a symbol of strength and the fact that I've overcome everything that I have, despite everything I've gone through. For me, it's more like, you know what? So that I have this, but I've done that. You know, mm -hmm. and I don't think of that anymore. But at the time, you know, just starting out in music, this business is ageist. It's, you know, there's so many things in the music industry. They're so heavily focused on your appearance and your age and, you know, all of those things. And you know, that was a big concern. But now I don't even care. You know, I'm, I'm just very excited to be able to do what I love and to be able to sing and write music and just get to share my music with the world. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Just to kind of, piggyback off of that so a lot of people that follow live and amplified don't know because they see this much of me on a daily basis um i have a cerebral palsy so um it, it's not like an extreme case i can i'm still pretty mobile but when before we jumped on here i told you about the uh, knee injury that i had um i was very concerned that that was going to put me out of commit like for like injuring your knee is bad for just anybody but yes. for me it's like extremely bad because it's it happened to my good knee and oh my not goodness. my bad knee like my, i have my left knee is already pretty jacked up from high school when i was uh when i was like a little bit more active i have no cart you know like all this stuff um and it happened to my good knee and i thought i was gonna be done like i i just figured okay i'm going into a wheelchair i'm this is my life now and then uh you know my dad kept telling me okay well we gotta he kept trying to get me to move to florida because he needed to take care of me and i was just like no i'm i moved out here on my own you know, I'm going to live with the, not live with the consequences, but I'm going to make it work. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to follow my dreams. I'm going to follow my passions. And once I kind of had that moment with him and I told him, he was like, okay, that's all I've ever wanted you to do. Because, you know, he, he was always kind of the one to um, tell me to chase my dreams, but he also wanted to kind of ground you into reality a little bit. Like, okay, you can chase your dreams, but figure out how it, how you're going to, he wanted you to think it out. Essentially. You just, be realistic about it. I understand. Yeah. Like go chase your dreams, but figure out how you're going to make money or make a living right. or whatever. And my mother, before she passed away, she was always the more conservative one. Like, well, go make sure you have a job, make sure, you know, just like, work on this on the side and don't put too much money into it, you know, just all this stuff. And then one day I had gotten her to like 
just before she passed away, she was like, I completely understand what you're doing now. Like it was like three or four months before she had passed away. She was uh, dealing with cancer. So she, you know, she kind of had this realization and she just told me one day, she's like, look, keep it going. You're doing the right thing. And then, you know, a couple of years passed by and then I do my knee injury and all these things that my dad had been warning me about. He's like, you're not going to be able to get along on your, by yourself for or for too much longer. Cause you're 35, 36, you're only getting older at some point you're going to need help. And then my knee injury happens and I'm like, dang it. But then luckily I just was able to make it through and I just put my foot down and said, Nope, I'm not doing it. I'm not moving. I'm staying. And here I am. Well, first of all, I want to thank you for sharing all of that because I found that so inspirational. I find you very inspiring and I'm, I'm so grateful to hear your story because I know that you're sharing my story, but I'm happy that you had a chance to share a little bit about yourself. And um, I think that you're so blessed to be able to do what you love. And I'm so proud of you for trekking through it. I know it's hard. And I know that as a parent, we want to be concerned for our children and make sure that they're okay. And we want to make sure that they're responsible. But I'm so glad your mom gave you the gift of understanding what you do and seeing what you do from your point of view and, and saying, that's a gift, you know, mm. that she gets what you're doing or got what you're doing, because you'll always be able to have that with you. And mm. it's almost with you when you're doing what you're doing. And I, I just think that's beautiful. So I'm happy you got to have that. And um, really, I'm very proud of you for everything that you've overcome. I know as somebody who's, you know, overcome injuries and, and things like that, difficulties, it can be so difficult and it can be, um, you know, devastating because mm -hmm. it, it literally like you determined your life even despite everything you had going on then you got hurt so you had to take it back and you know and you're so determined not to let it stop you that's mm -hmm. just incredible. yeah it's yeah that's amazing and thank you for sharing your story yeah for sure and you know it's it, it's just one of those things where having you share your story i just wanted to put that little bit more emphasis out there because i know there's a lot of kids that want to be musicians or want to be, we'll just say creatives in general, because I'm not a musician. I can't play. I can't play a note to save my life. Right. I I'm a hundred percent honest about it. I know that for a fact, I wanted to be a musician. I tried it in fourth grade and it didn't work out. I just didn't have the patience to practice. I didn't have the, you know, I, I just did. It didn't mesh. I didn't understand any of it. Um, but I did find my creative outlet and it's led me to this, telling other people's stories, holding the podcast, making videos, all that fun stuff. So just being able to share my story, because I don't, I don't like talking about myself. I'll be 100% honest. I, it's not something I enjoy doing, but when the time's right and it just, it just felt right. So. Well, again, thank you for sharing. And, you know, I, I just want to reiterate, you know, my whole my whole last few years, you know, one, one of the things that stopped me from trying to go out there and sing and follow my dreams was, you know, I'm not in my, my best shape. I'm older than I've ever been. And now, because I had a recent injury, I'm, I'm not in the physical shape that I used to be in. Mm -hmm. And you would think that all of those things would stop me from mm -hmm. having success, but I'm actually more successful now than I've ever been. So 
you know, anybody out there who's saying, well, you know, I'm too old, I'm too broken, I'm too, you know, heavy, or I'm too mm -hmm. not in shape, or I'm not perfect, or none of those things really matter. If you're really in it for the right reasons, the people who need your music will find you. And I just say, go out there and live your dream. And whatever it is, if it's not music, if it's art, if it's a sport, whatever it is, go out there and do what you love. You'll be so proud of yourself for going out there and doing it. Yeah, 100%. So you'd met her about 2016, 2017 in that ballpark is when you kind of started revisiting and kind of getting back into the music scene. Uh, and then you started releasing music in 2018, according to Spotify. I don't know how accurate that is, but. Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. So um, the first studio that I was working with, I was taking voice lessons just to get myself back out there. Mm -hmm. So when I. I declared to the world that I was going to go out there and sing. I had to have a plan. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't enough just to say, hey, I'm going to follow my dreams, right? I had sure. to put in the work. So I started taking voice lessons to get back into it and get my voice back and my stamina back. And um, then I released my first single, original single. It was called Don't Count Me Out Just Yet. And mm. the song telling the world that I might be down, but I'm not out. So don't count me out just yet. I might not look the way I used to. I might not act the way I used to, but I still have so much to give. I'm not mm. done. And um, the end of the song, the last line was, I haven't left my mark just yet. And I wanted the world to know that just because I was paused for a long time, don't count me out. I'm coming back and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my mark. And uh, so that was my first single, my original single. And um, that was about 2018. And then I followed it up with a few other original singles. I mm. released my song, Life is Better, which I wrote about my daughter with autism and how she makes the world a better place just by being her. And um, I wanted to celebrate her and her uniqueness and just how incredible she was, is, and at the time it was, but mm. um, how joyful she made my life and just how happy she made me. And, you know, people always associate autism with negative right They're, oh you know your daughter has autism I'm sorry I'm like why are you sorry my daughter's amazing yeah. she's incredible she lights up every single room she walks into she's such a loving child and she's so great she cares about the whole world and wants to make everything better so you know I wanted to celebrate that I wanted to write an amazing song about her and then I wrote another song about her called find a way um and then I I did release a couple of holiday covers and mm. then I Say in January 2020, I wrote a song called Can't Stop Thinking of You. And that came out in January of 2020, right before the pandemic. Yeah. And um and this was in New York. <laughs> Didn't the pandemic kind of hit New York like sooner oh, than a lot of the places? You know what? It was so it, it hit pretty hard and pretty fast. Yeah. So there's a funny story there. Well, it's not really funny, but <laughs> there is a story yeah. there. So I had released single, single, single and uh, I had spoken to my producer at the time and we talked about me putting out an EP mm. and uh, I had done so many singles and I wanted to release songs um, as an EP as a body of work because these mm -hmm. songs were stories based on things that I had lived through and there were stories I'd never told anybody so I was going to name the EP Untold Stories and the EP was supposed to come out at the end of March the beginning of April so it was at the very last song, recording the very last song, and it was like almost finished the very last song. And then, of course, the pandemic hit. And what do you know? Indefinitely, the studio was closed. Yeah. So 
here I had this project that I had been working on for a long time and I was getting ready to put it out and I couldn't put it out indefinitely. Yeah. And originally I felt really sad about it. I was like, oh my gosh, because I'm the type of person, I don't know about other artists listening, but if I write a song and I record it, I want to put it out right away. You don't want to wait. I just want to share it. It's hard to hold on to it. Let me tell you. Yeah. But this time I had gathered all these singles and I was going to make an EP and I was going to put it out. And then of course God had other plans. So um, maybe a month or so in, I started working with a music mentor and I presented some of my songs and discovered that there was a better way of telling some of these stories. Mm. So I went to the drawing board and I actually ended up rewriting some of the songs on that EP and then I re-recorded them. So I ended up taking that whole time that, was during the pandemic and I just looked at everything through a different lens and I realized it was actually a big blessing because had I released the EP the way it was I wouldn't have been happy with it and not because of the sound or the production just because I wasn't telling the story the way I would have been happy with and um, it just wasn't doing me justice to tell the story the way that I was telling it so I went back to the drawing board I rewrote some of those songs and I just really came back with a completely different lens, different view. And, you know, living through the pandemic also changed the way that I see things. It altered my perception of things. And I just saw things a little bit differently. And I think all of that had an impact on the way that I wrote going forward. So I ended up re-putting everything, to, re-recording the songs, putting it back together. But this mm-hmm. time I came out with an EP called Eye of the Storm. So I actually ended up changing the title from Untold mm. Story, I Have the Storm, because during this process um, of writing and releasing this EP and re-recording it, I discovered my strength. And I discovered, yeah. you know, that no matter what's going on around me, all the craziness, I have my ground, my center, and I know who I am. And I've discovered that during this process. So it was a really incredibly empowering process. And uh it was just amazing to be able to experience that. So this EP came out in uh, December of 2020. And uh, some of my favorite stories are on here. These are all true stories, things that I've lived through that I've put into into songs. And uh, one of them incidentally was the song I told you about earlier where I met my husband in Starbucks in Hawaii. And uh, I wrote a song called Out of the Blue about how I ended up trading Paris for Paradise and I ended up meeting my husband out of the blue at Starbucks. And um, my song 17 speaks to the trip that I took from the North to the South, relocating, starting my life and our life throughout the years. So there's some really nice stories on there and uh, some happy stories some sad stories, but they're all from a point of view of empowerment and strength. Yeah, awesome. That's really, it's, you know, just the, um... It's interesting how the the pandemic just kind of changed everything for a lot of people. And, you know, for some people in not such a good way, but for you, musically speaking, it gave your music a chance to, I, I don't want to say the word mature, because that doesn't sound okay. accurate. You're right. It's, it's the right word. It's the right word. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to be the first one to say that that's accurate. Yeah, because mature... To me, it's it's a word that I just kind of throw around when I don't know how to describe it, but sometimes it works. So um, uh, kind of taking the momentum from that project into the rest 
leading up to now, because like 2022, you had a really busy year, 2023, you know, and leading up to your new single that released uh, the end of May, right? Yeah, end of May, I think. Yeah. Um, how, How did going through that process of having an idea for one project, reevaluating it, and then coming out with something that resonated with you even more how did that kind of affect your music moving forward were you more confident in your music at that point because you had gone through that maturation the mature whatever whatever that word is you want to call it um you've gone through that yeah I, i think you nailed it though i mean i'm not offended by the word mature you know maturing because i that as artists and as humans we always mature as we go through things we take that lesson and it makes us stronger or better or more empowered or more prepared for the next thing that happens so you know I don't find that offensive at all I I think that when I first started writing I was writing more in a journal-like fashion you know Mm -hmm. things very raw and very open and you know and that was part of my signature is that I would write things that were very heartfelt and very raw and people Mm -hmm. could themselves in my songs very easily and uh you know that was very early on for me was songwriting and then as my as my style matured (laughs) and improved it also I ended up finding myself and I found it I found my voice I found my lens I found the lens that I look through now when I'm writing and that came with experience that came with maturity that came with trusting myself, trusting my experiences and really being able to look at something, a negative experience, let's just say a very sad experience and telling the story, not in a sad way, in a beautiful way and taking pain and turning it into something beautiful and empowering. And I've learned how to do that. So I'm very proud of the entire process and the entire journey because had I not experienced it, I probably wouldn't have gotten to the point where I was able to see something, to have gone through something painful and turn it into something positive. Yeah, completely understood. Yeah. So my dog, my dog is very supportive. He agrees once again, and uh, you know, it's just part of the process. I think it's very important. I know for myself as an artist, I want to grow as I'm writing, as I'm experiencing, as I'm putting out songs. I want to grow. I want things to improve and get better. I don't want to stay exactly the same, you know. Gotcha. So I think process is very important to take the lessons and to apply them where you can. For sure. For sure. He sounds like a very big dog. He is. He, he's probably bigger than I am though. He's about almost a hundred pounds. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can just tell him to bark. I was like, that sounds like a very big dog. So, you know, it's so funny. He's adorable. He's so cute. He was, he was sitting by my feet before while you were talking and he was listening to you. Oh, <laughs> and then he ran away. And started barking. Well, I think he had a lens. I think he heard something downstairs. So. Gotcha. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so let's talk about sticks and stones here for a quick second, just so uh, people kind of know where you're coming from with this one. What's the story behind uh, sticks and stones? Well, like all my other songs, this is a true story. It's based on a real experience. Uh, it was inspired by a negative and toxic relationship I experienced. Mm-hmm. And it really is about me taking this negative and and toxic experience and turning it into something positive and empowering and and really something beautiful. You know, um, I took this fire that lit a spark and I just set it on fire and I 
I literally turned it into something that people are gravitating to. And it's, it's something that's catching fire with everybody. So I'm really proud of it. You know, I think often in relationships, people have, people can be very negative and try to, try to say mean things about us or say, say bad things and try to take you down. And I've learned that, you know, you can say anything, but sometimes it's best just not to say anything back at all. You know, mm -hmm. not to respond to them, not to, you know, to see them because they say you can't argue with a fool and yep. you can't argue with somebody who just doesn't understand. So sometimes the best thing to do is to walk away and, um, you know, and write a song, I guess, <laughs> writing a song. But I took, I took this very negative experience that I went through and I turned it into an empowerment anthem. Yeah. And it turns out that a lot of people have gone through something similar. So, uh, you know, I'm very sad to know that they've gone through something similar, but it's great to know that it's resonating with people and that they, they really love this message. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I to piggyback <laughs> off of what you're saying or, or a little bit ago, I often say you can't stop stupid. Like, <laughs> My husband it, says that all the time. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it, it's so simple, but it's so true. It's just like, yeah. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, so with the uh, with sticks and stones, are you? Uh, I mean, you twenty twenty two. You also released a whole bunch of singles. Are you ultimately building towards another full length project, whether it be an EP, LP, whatever it is, or are you kind of entrenched in just releasing single project or singles right now? You know, it's kind of a loaded question. I My year didn't finish out the way that I had hoped mm -hmm. last year. I was involved in a bad car accident in November, and I took the last five, five to six months off. I didn't mm -hmm. really uh, do too much with music until this release now. Um, I had to take some time to heal and mm -hmm. work on my recovery. And um, so I didn't get as much out as much as I would have liked to. Yeah. I was record as many songs as I wanted to but sometimes that's not a bad thing because now I have time to reflect and to see what the next message I want to share is the next story I want to tell and uh sometimes I'm just not ready to share the story just yet you know and sometimes taking a bit of a pause is a good thing because like we've seen from other times that sometimes waiting just a little bit gives the story a little bit more time to to air and, you know, the different point of view, just, you never know, yeah. but, um, you know, it's hard to say because I like writing. I love recording and, mm -hmm. you know, an album is a really awesome experience because you get to really share an entire body of work at once with people, which is really incredible. Um, it's hard to say because I do want to get out and I hope to be better enough to get out and tour and do more live performances. And it's hard to do both of those things at the very same time. But I just feel because I haven't gone out and done live shows in almost seven months, mm. I really would love to get in front of my audience and connect with my fans and my listeners, and my audience, and just really be able to experience that again, because it's been so long. So I'm kind of I'm somewhere in between the two, you know, I love to record. I love I love being in the studio. It is seriously my happy place. So I kind of want to do both, I guess. But I guess that's not a valid answer, right? You have to pick no, one. But it, you know, it, it's one of those things where it, it's whatever you want it to be. You know, it's like the intent of doing a full project. But you know, it, it there, there's no right answer. Like it's not a 
it's not a quiz, you know, it's, um, it, it's good. No, I, I hear what you're saying and you're right. There, there isn't a right answer unless you're based on a formula, but I do think that when the right set of songs come along, mm-hmm. they'll be perfect for the next body of work and they'll all yeah. fit perfectly together and it'll be the right time to release all the songs together. For sure. A hundred percent agreed. It, it'll just naturally come together. You'll know, you'll know when it happens. Absolutely. So, uh, kind of taking a step outside of music, like when you need to take time for yourself, what are some of your hobbies? What do you do outside of music? You know, just to kind of decompress. Well, I love to spend time with my family. I love to spend time with my daughter. Um, I love to cook. I love to eat. I think we already talked about how much I love to eat before. Uh, I love to eat. I love to, I like to travel. Um, I like to go for walks. I, I just like to do a lot of things. I'm, I'm, I'm a very simple person. I love my family and I'm, I'm a very, um, I love, I love being around my, the people I love and I love eating and feeding people. So that's, that's usually what I like to do. Um, but I do like to, to, to travel. I like to experience new experiences. I like to see new places. I know a lot of people like to do that. And that's great. I love to, to watch my daughter, uh, do everything she's doing. You know, she does a lot of sports and she does a lot of arts. So I love to, um, go and support her. And that makes me really happy because when I see her succeeding and doing all of these incredible achievements, it makes me see that literally anything is possible. For sure. For sure. hundred percent. And it awesome. loves to be- oh. Nice. Nice. Um, so I don't want to keep you too much longer here because it, it is a little bit later by you than it is me. Um, what's one thing that we like to do on Live and Amplified is we like to pass on knowledge to younger musicians out there. And I know we've kind of covered most of this earlier but i I just kind of want to reiterate this what's one piece of advice you have for the young musicians out there um it might be two um okay yourself everyone else is already taken so be yourself don't look at what other people are doing do what's right for you you know i know a lot of young artists try to emulate other people's sounds and be like other people that have already achieved success I think it's really important just to be you and to be happy with you because somebody out there is listening to you and thinking that you're awesome. Hmm. Awesome. There's only only one of you, be you, and that will resonate with people. For sure, for sure. I think that's great advice. I think it, it, perfect. That's that's what I wanted to hear. That's the kind of stuff I look for when I ask that question, so. Um, Sorry, though, we I think we all have tendencies at some point to hear somebody and say, oh, I want to be like that. But if you think about it, that person's already exists. Just be you. Somebody will appreciate your sound and your uniqueness. Yeah, 100% agreed. Um, For anybody that wants to listen to your music, that wants to support you as you continue to release music, want to interact with you on social, check out any shows that you may have coming up here. Uh, where's the best place that they can find you, interact with you? Where's the best place to find you? Well, you can go to my website, which is robbieheart.com. That's R-O-B-B-I-E-H-A-R-T-E.com. There will be links to my uh, to my streaming and all my socials. 
or you can find me on social media at Robbie Hart Official. Make sure you connect with me and let me know which of my songs connected with you and which one you loved and why. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, I'll be playing at the ISSA Awards in August in Atlanta. So if you're in the Atlanta area, make sure you stop by at the after party for the ISSA. I'll be performing a live acoustic set and I would love to see you there. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Robbie Hart, it's been an absolute blast chatting with you. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with us. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, please go listen to all the music Robbie has out in the ether, in the Spotify's and all that fun stuff. Um, it'd be really appreciative. And once again, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we will catch you all later. <laughs>